Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. My first season was as a scuba instructor in Club Med Turks and Caicos in April of 2014. Fun fact number one, before Club Med, I went to Capilano University in Vancouver, BC, and I have a degree in tourism management and outdoor recreation. I also have certifications in sports sciences, as well as diplomas in administration and accounting. Fun fact number two, I have held a lot of jobs in many different fields. I was a promoter, seller, and accountant. I was also a sports athlete and coach, bartender, server, office manager, and I even worked with the elderly. Fun fact number three, I worked as a financial accountant on cruise ships as my main job, but I was also a Dora the Explorer impersonator for kids at breakfast time. My name is Jennifer, and this is my first season. Jennifer, how are you? Yay, I'm good. How are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. This is going to be fun because uh, you look like you've led many, many lives, or you sound like you've, you've led many lives from your intro. So, okay, I don't know where to begin with you. Okay. Well, let's start. We know you're from, I'm guessing if you went to school in uh, Vancouver, that you're from British Columbia. Actually, no. No? I'm from oh. Quebec City. <laughs> you are? Yes. Uh, I was born in Quebec City, and then I moved to British Columbia, actually in Whistler, when I was 17 years old to go skiing. Okay, wait a minute. Okay. okay, so now are we allowed to talk about the origin of your last name then? Okay. Sure. I mean, it's Irish. It has it's, nothing oh, okay, to do with it, got but. it. Okay, so, okay, so, okay, I think I know where this story goes. So maybe a lot of people don't know, but when we go see a movie uh, in, in Canada, you know, before the movie starts, we're given right. this um, National Film Board Tourism. So there was a big Irish immigration after the Irish famine to, to Quebec, right? I mean, yes. And they took out a lot of immigrants. And the thing was that, you know, they were allowed to keep their name. So is this similar to your story? Like, um, does your family go way back? I mean, I wish I could say yes, but to be honest, I have no idea. I know my grandfather came from Ireland and was working uh, on the train lines. Okay. And um, that's pretty much as far as the story goes. Okay. But uh, Jennifer Keys, it is uh, definitely Irish, right? Yes. Okay. Wow. All right. Alors, tu parles bien le français, alors? Oui, je parle bien le français. Why? Nice. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. So why did you decide to go into a degree in uh, tourism and outdoor recreation? Well, I grew up in Whistler, basically. My main years of growing up, finding myself and whatnot, I was working in Whistler Village. So that was basically just tourism and outdoor recreation. So once I found out there was a program that was literally this, tourism management and outdoor recreation, I decided to apply and then I got in and I went. Okay, did you really study or were you skiing all the time on Blackcomb or whatever? What mountain were you skiing at when you were doing your studies? Well, both Whistler and Blackcomb, but right. um, university was down in Vancouver. Okay. So I was not skiing while I was at university. I was an actually very great student. Oh, okay. Now yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot here, which has better skiing, Mont Saint-Anne in Quebec City or Whistler or Blackcomb? Oh God, Whistler, no doubt. What? Whoa, okay. Right off the yeah. bat. Okay. Of course. <laughs> That's what I hear. Okay. But I just had to ask. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. But at one, at one point, so you're, you're skiing, you're getting a degree and, but at what point do you go, Hey, I'd like to try uh, scuba diving. How old were you when you did your, um, I think I was, uh, well, I was in 2012. Oh, really? Okay. So I don't know, make a count, but, um, Yeah, okay, so so was it, it wasn't when you were a kid, like nine or 10 years no, old? No, no, not at all. I always dreamed of seeing the ocean because in Quebec City, let's be honest, we do not have ocean. Um, yeah. Also in Whistler, 
I mean, it's great. It's beautiful, but it's not the ocean. You have mountains and great lakes, but you don't have the ocean. So it was always a dream of mine to see the ocean. And uh, one year in 2012, I went with uh, one of my best friends to Hawaii and we tried snorkeling for the first time. And literally when I, once I put my face into the water, I knew right away that that was it. I wanted to be in the ocean. <laughs> okay. Well, I had a, our stories, or this is where our stories diverge. Cause I, you know, I got certified in scuba, not as an instructor as you did, but everyone starts at the beginning, right? You're either Maui open water one or Patty. So when you're sitting in that classroom and, you know, gearing up, cause you got to do all this theory and then you find right. out the many, many ways things can go wrong underwater. Uh-huh. <laughs> many ways. Did you uh, have any second thoughts or you're like, uh, no, I'm just going to be careful. No, no, I don't think I even ever have doubts about it because you get, oh, really? Oh, okay. wow. Okay. Like we get trained to literally any situation possible. So you get really, really well trained and prepared to any situation. So no, I was not worried at all. Okay. Now, did you do your checkout dives? Let's just say, were you now, are you now or, or Patty open one? one? Okay. Patty, did you do your checkout dives in Hawaii? Did you go back or did you do them in, in Vancouver? I have not had the chance to go back to Hawaii and dive. I actually okay. had a diving accident back in Turks and Caicos when I first started. So I have not dove since. Okay. No, but back then when you were, when you were taking your open water one class, I mean, cause when I um, did mine with my friend, he up and left me to go to Florida to finish the checkout, you know, the to get certified. And I had to do right. mine in the Riviera Rouge where visibility is zero. So I was just curious, did you, <laughs> did you do all your dives in Vancouver? Like, every... yeah, we did them okay. all in uh, cold water in Vancouver in dry suits, but um, we, like, I mean, it wasn't bad at all. We did have visibility once you pass maybe like 30 feet and then you get to dive with sea lions and orcas and you have such a diverse marine life down there that it's insane. Like squids and whatnot. It's, it's crazy. So and another one of your lives, because I love your, your fun fact, number three, saying you were a financial accountant <laughs> on a Norwegian cruise ship. That was your right. main job. But yes. so how does it happen that you, <laughs> did you, vol- <laughs> do you volunteer to be Dora the Explorer? Uh, oh, yes, or- absolutely. Like I went hands, hands up straight for it. Okay. But please, please God say some, some short, short employee dressed up as boots too. And as there's a photo of this, please say there's a photo. Um, <laughs> there was a short employee dressed up as boots, oh, but I'm not you. sure okay. if I have a picture. I know because okay. it was Nickelodeon. So we had SpongeBob and Patrick. Um, oh, okay. Right. But uh, there was somebody in boots. I think his name was Sid. Okay. Anyways, but um, yeah, it was a small uh, Filipino guy. So nice. So funny. But yeah, he was my little boots. So now when the when the live action movie comes out in 2019, uh, Dora uh, and the Lost City of Gold, were you excited about that? Of course. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> All right. So how do you, okay, so you get a degree in tourism and outdoor creation. I'm sorry, listeners, but you know, she's got such a convoluted story. When you applied to work on a cruise ship, because you already had a certification and administration accounting, you you decided, well, I'll probably I probably have a good chance of being a financial accountant on a cruise ship. Is that what made you apply to a cruise ship? Um, when I was looking at the job sites, actually, I was looking to work in entertainment, but I couldn't find anything. Which the cruise ship life is very different. But then I saw accounting, and I was like, meh, why not? So I applied. But I think I've. I may or may not have harassed the HR department of Norwegian to hire me. So once they hired me, I literally went straight for a financial accountant position, not even assistant or anything. I think due to the fact that I may have harassed or not the HR department. 
<laughs> okay. And how long did you spend aboard the cruise ships before? Uh, a year. They're they're year? yearly okay. contract. Yeah. Oh, your country. Where did you sail to? Oh, wow. I did so many because I was Canadian, right? So you don't, you're not as restricted as other nationalities to be moved around different ships. So I started in Seattle and then we went the Alaska run and then I got transferred straight away to Europe. So I did all the the Mediterranean uh, Sea, so Venice and um, Greece, Croatia, Portugal, Spain. Then we crossed over to New York and then we did the Panama, Costa Rica, uh, Cabo San Lucas, St. Thomas, St. Um, like all, all the islands down the Caribbean and the Bahamas, we did that. And yeah, that was pretty much that. That was a lot. <laughs> So Jen, so at what point in your life or how early in your life did you find out about Club Med or hear about Club Med? Well, that's what my dad told me. So apparently when I was younger, you know, when you go to the bathroom, when you're young, uh, your parents usually stack a stack of magazines on top of the toilet and then you do your business and you go through the magazines and whatnot. So at that point of my life, I must have been like four or five or six years old. I don't know. My, my dad would receive the Club Med magazines every month for the different villages and the different room decorations and whatnot. So I would be in the bathroom and then I would go through the magazines and then I would pick a room from one of the room of the villages that I liked. And then we would have to redecorate my room to that specific room. So I guess I knew about Clement once I was four, five, six years old, but I didn't actually know about it until later on when I was doing my degree in, um, at CAPU that um, my uh, my course director told me that there was this program that would take it that would take um, internships into Club Med Turks and Caicos. So once I got there, that's when my dad told me, see, I knew you would always end up in a Club Med because when you were younger, blah, 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 and so on and so forth. Okay. And just for any young listeners uh, listening, any 20 year olds, um, you know, we don't take magazines in the bathroom anymore. We take our, <laughs> we, we take our, we take our phone. Right? We, <laughs> which probably has magazine subscriptions on the phone. Right. Yeah. Okay. So are, so are you saying you did an internship at, at Turks? Right. So when I started scuba, it was for an internship for my degree. And then I ended up just teaching scuba diving there. Okay. But were you already an, an instructor when you went there? Yes. But well, how- to complete the actual degree, you need to perform. I think it was 30 hours of teaching underwater. And then you get your actual certificate and whatnot. Yeah, but how crazy is it that you were already an instructor? They send you to a scuba diving village. I mean, uh, I mean, you know, I'm a I'm a current student, and none of my internships uh, <laughs> are, are this easy. Here, here, go. Well, go, I mean, it's a goes. program. Yeah, I go do something you love. You go in the beautiful water at Turks. You know, I mean, come right. on, you got you got credit for this? Oh my god! Yeah, I did. I've been going through hell the last seven years part time. I know. <laughs> All right. So how long was your, was your contract like six months there? Uh, with, uh, with, for the scuba diving? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was six months. And then okay. um, I think it got shortened because then I moved straight away as a GO. All right. So, yeah. So help me out here. So I stopped in 2005. So I'm told that in certain, well, maybe in all villages that scuba, scuba diving is now outsourced, right? So if you're an instructor, um, you're kind of, um, it's another company that. Yes. Okay. So I think like boutique also in many club meds, it's not part of club med anymore. It's yes, kind of outsourced. Yes. Yes. Um, but scuba diving is now outsourced. I think it's because of some laws and um, for laws and regulations of PADI. But I don't know when exactly it got outsourced. But by the time I went there, we were not geos. We were, um, we were literally the scuba instructors. So we did not have to eat with the guest. 
Uh, we didn't have to do the crazy signs or the the welcomes. The shows. Um, the shows. We didn't have to do any of that. We would literally just show up at the desk and then go dive, certify, give people the certifications, and then just go on with our life. We would stay in the resort, but we would pay to stay in the resort. Okay. So after your after this season, so we're, this is um, April 2014. So when you go home, are you are you bit by the bug? Do you want to continue? Um, I did not actually go home at that point. So no? I became a GO because of uh, Kevin Bat and Hammer. So they came and visited Turks and Caicos while I was there as a scuba instructor, but I was acting as a GO. I didn't have to. But I was doing the shows. I was eating with the guests because I was having such a great time meeting all these people. And I was just loving the geo life. And wait a minute. Then, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Go for you're, it. you're saying that you didn't have to do the shows and you did? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> you're living the dream. What are you doing? <laughs> I loved it. It was so good. Okay. Now, so you were, I guess you were, da- you, you could dance, I'm assuming. like you were. Oh, doing- God. No, I cannot dance if it's no? not choreographed. Oh, if okay. Choreographed, no problem. But well, that's no what the, that, that's that's what I used to say before club ed. I could probably freestyle pretty good on the dance floor, but as soon as I learned, had to learn choreography, I couldn't freestyle dance anymore. I need oh, someone to go. tell me what to do. Me go there, count right. to count to eight, turn pas de bourre. You know, I mean, I couldn't. <laughs> I don't know how to dance anymore. <laughs> right. Oh my god. But All no, right, I so- loved it. Now, had you heard of Hammer and Kevin Bat before? Oh, I had no idea who they were. Oh, really? I had no okay. clue, but we were having a drink at the sailing shack in Turks and um, the chief of village at the time, Mike Clark was also there and we're all laughing, having a good time. And then they actually thought I was a geo. And then they asked me, oh, where do you work? And I was like, oh, I'm in scuba. And they're like, what? So they literally told me whenever you're ready to become a geo, you just let us know and we'll make it happen. So I think it was two, three weeks later, I, I became a fitness geo. <laughs> In Turks. In Turks. Were you replacing someone or that, that person had just, was it their time to go home or? Uh, they were, I was replacing somebody. Yes. But um, I think it was end of season. So it's kind of the changeover and they hadn't found a fitness geo. So that worked perfectly because I believe somebody was working in the kitchen that wanted to go scuba. So they kind of just made the switch. Okay. So wait a minute. So you're a scuba instructor. You're uh, Dora the um the explorer impersonator. So at one point, so you, then what, how did you learn how to teach aerobics? Is that what you were doing aerobics? Yeah. I mean, I, I learned how to teach aqua gym from another geo. Oh God. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Which I I loved again. It was aqua gym with aqua Jan. It was fantastic. Um, (laughs) But everything else, I kind of just got it off the bat because I was a sports athlete before and I coached a lot of sports also. So I kind of had the basics and then I just went on with what, uh, what sports did you coach before? Uh, I was a high level skiing. Okay. Downhill slalom, just any, anything. Downhill slalom. And then I moved on when I moved to Whistler, I moved on to a half pipe slope styles and whatnot. Half pipe on two skis or snowboard on skis. Okay. Really? Okay. Yeah. Now, what kind of fitness were they doing in 2014? Was it Zumba? Like what, uh, what I know it wasn't step, right? So what? no, we did not have step. We had stretching. We had Zumba. We had aqua gym. We had um, abs and butts. We had um, like how to lift weight. Oh my God. What else did we have? We had power cardio. Uh, we had running. Oh my God. We had so many things and it uh, would change all the time. But what were you doing at the sailing shack with, with these ex-chief of villages? Were you also helping out sailing too? 
Uh, not at that point. At that huh? point, I was literally just hanging out. It was one of the nights uh, at Sharky's and then we were just having a drink at the shack. And that, okay. that was pretty much it. Did you learn how to sail in Club Med? I sure did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow. Okay. You seem like an overachiever to me. Um, um, is this, is this right? A little. A little. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, and who was your chief of village the time that you were in uh, Turks and Caicos? Mike Clark. Oh, Mike Clark. Okay. Yeah. Where's he, where he from? Uh, Australia. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, love Australia. Love all Aussies. Okay. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, anything um, like, did you have any, uh, I guess you, tra- well, you'd already traveled a lot, you know, right. in, in Norwegian cruise. So you probably didn't have any culture shock. I was curious if you had any club med culture shock when you, when you got there or you, you didn't because you were so well-traveled. Um, I don't think I had any culture shock in Turks. That's for sure. My, my first couple of seasons, I don't think I had because again, I love people and I have so much energy that it was just the right fit. Okay. And I'm seeing by your, the list of uh, villages that I asked you to supply me with that. Uh, am I right? Your second season, you went outside the North America zone. Is this true? Uh, it's after my second season. Yeah. So I did oh. a full year as a geo in Turks but okay. I had done half a year before also, like when I did the switch from scuba to fitness and then yeah, right after I went straight to China. Okay. Now, um, before we get to China, um, do you have a Jojo story? Of course, everybody has a Jojo story. Okay. I'd like to hear yours, please. Um, so when we were in Turks, uh, at that point, I was now a sailing geo because I went from fitness to sailing. And then, you know, in Turks, how you bring the boats in, like when the wind is good, you come in straight and you just land on the beach. So as we're waiting for one of the getaways to come in, we were waiting in the water because that day it was just so warm and hot and awesome. And just the way the beach Turks is. We were literally waiting in the water for the getaway to come in. And you know how Jojo loves to follow uh, the ripples in the water. So it was actually following the getaway from the back. And then as we're welcoming the getaway to the beach, literally Jojo just falls into my arms and just stays there. I think I start crying like a baby and just like petting it like a little dog. And oh, my God. What? Really? Yeah, it was awesome. What? That's not yeah. fair. I, I had to swim with him five months before I even got up the nerve to touch him. But he never came in my arm. Oh, this is. Are you serious? I mean, he just landed there. Like, he oh, was my following God. the getaway from behind and it was just there. Wow. That it was awesome. Been, yeah, that must have been incredible. Yes. Cow. <laughs> Jeez, that's that's pretty lucky. Well, it can't get better than that. So oh, no, no, it can't. Definitely not. But then I think that was like the, the last time I saw Jojo. Like that okay. was it. Well, I, well, it's crazy. Like how long they live. I was there in '94, and he, it's you know, cr- and he's still alive. And, and he was already there ten years before. And when that yeah. club opened in '84, so yeah, this is insane. Okay. <laughs> wow. All right. So how does someone? Okay. Uh, who do, does their uh, does a year at Turquoise immediately jump to China uh, for their second season? How, did you request that? Did you follow a chief of village there? How does that work? Um, I'm not sure. We kind of. I got the affectation to go to Phuket at first. Okay, wait. Now, did you ask to go to Phuket? Like, did they do well, like we a dream asked sheet to go outside? Did That's they ask? all we asked. Okay, so because in I day they do a dream sheet, they ask you, "Give me your three top villages." Is that what you did? Right. Okay. Uh, no, we nope. I just asked to go to another village, whether it was American Zone or wherever. Really? Um, but again, at that time, I was such an eager and new geo, and I loved my aqua gym that if you would go on TripAdvisor from that year, from Club Med Turks, you would probably see my name in every single review. 
like I had no shame in asking people to go put good reviews on TripAdvisor. So probably that had a big weight into the decisions of sending me outside of the zone. I, I, I'd like to think. Are that. you saying that the Club Med like head office saw saw these yeah. people? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At mentioning Jen. Okay. All right. I think that had a lot to do with it. So they offered you China? Yeah. So they offered me Phuket at first, but um, I had a Clement boyfriend at a time and then he did not get the same village. So we said no. And um, they offered China after. And we said yes. So wait a minute. So wait a minute. You go to you go to Turks and Caicos, the biggest and only singles village there is. And you immediately get a boyfriend. Am I hearing this correctly? Oh, but I I, I did six months. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Okay. (laughs) All right. So. Now, was this village in China? Was this because I'd never heard of the one? How do you pronounce it again? It's Guilin. Guilin, and this is a uh, I um, this is a mountain village. You said right? It's yeah, uh, it's a mountain village, but it's not a ski village. So they do a lot of rock climbing, bicycles. There's a little bit of golf. There's a golf course on, on the on the resort. There is circus, obviously. There's no sailing. There's no water activities, but there's everything else like fitness and soccer and everything. Now. Is it during their summer? Is that when you were there? I went in their winter, which is, there's no snow, but it's just very much raining and wet. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, this sounds horrible. Okay. It, it, well, I mean, it's not horrible. It's just different. Well, what's, what's, oh my God, what was your jet lag? Like you must, you must still remember the jet lag. Oh God. Well, at first, once you get there, it's not that bad because you're so excited. First of all, you're going to China, which is just a different Tell me, give me your, give me your, your route that they flew you. I like hearing this. How did you fly? Uh, I I think my going flight wasn't that bad. I went, I think I did Quebec, Toronto, and then I think it was Toronto, Shanghai right away. And or Toronto Guangzhou, I think it was Guangzhou, and then Guangzhou Guilin. It was just that I would have layovers of oh. eight hours in Guangzhou. So you're probably 24 hours or more. It took you to get there, right? I'm guessing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just the flight itself. Like they do now, Shanghai, uh, Gu- uh, Shanghai. No, yeah, Shanghai Montreal direct, and I think it's 21 hour flight. Oh God. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. I'm stop talking about this because I'm getting sick. <laughs> now, was this village uh, brand new? Like, were you the first one to open it or had it been open? Uh, no, it had been open for, I think, five years at that time. What? Really? Wow. I'm out yeah, of touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It was new. Like, it was a new village, but not brand new. Who was the chief there? It was Mehdi. Mehdi Kamali. Okay. Now, prior to the going there, could you speak uh, Cantonese or Mandarin? Oh, absolutely not. Okay, so how, Not a word. okay, so here now we're going to get into some culture shock. I'm I'm guessing, yes. right? Okay. Yeah. So, what was your first, <laughs> if you can recall, what the first culture shock you experienced being for the first time in China? Well, my first culture shock was not as bad as the second. So let's let's okay. Put that All right, let's hear the first. <laughs> <laughs> my first culture shock was just the wording, because in Mandarin you have a lot of intonation, right? Mm-hmm. So the way you say certain words could mean a complete different meaning. So for example, when you join a table as a geo, you go see the group of people you want to eat dinner with and you go, hi, my name is Jennifer. May I join you for dinner? So in Mandarin, you would say the same, but you need to get the right tones because we had a convention. There were some people renting the village and they were young gamers. Um, I have no idea what games they were playing, but it was video games. And so they were all young and having a lot of energy and there was a good vibe in the village. So once I got to the table, I asked them in Mandarin, I thought, 
um, hi, can I join your table? And then they all started laughing. And thank God they also spoke English. So they all started laughing. I felt really, really tiny in my pants. I, I felt so short and so shy. And then I asked them, like, why are you guys laughing in English? And they're like, well, you need to work on your tones. I was like, why? And they're like, we know you're, you want to ask us, can you join us for dinner? But what you actually said was, can you join me in my bed? No and I went, oh my God. And then there we went. Like everybody started laughing. And then we had a good time. And thank God we finished dinner in English. Do you remember how to say that phrase at all? Can we hear it? Or? Shwema. Shwema. Okay. Shwema. Okay. Now, did you did you pick up the language? I mean, I know it's to me, it's the hardest. Um, when I was my one year in Asia, it was the hardest one. I thought Japanese was easier, Korean was easier, but I, I couldn't get. So did you manage to get fluent at all? Is that possible in the short time? I you're think there? it's possible. I, I definitely think it's possible. But me, I was definitely not fluent. But I can definitely teach you still to this day a full trapeze lesson in Mandarin. No problem. Really? Let's hear some of it. Okay. Wow. Okay. Pretty, pretty good <laughs> like accent. Okay. So here's now here's a, maybe it might be a difficult question. So Go how do you, how do you know when to use again? Cause I spent a year in Asia. How do you know when to use uh, if you're sitting down Mandarin or Cantonese? Well, oh well, you don't really know. Yeah, I, get, well, exactly. I never exactly. knew. Well, yeah, exactly. So it's not it's not it's not easy at all, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Oh God, no. <laughs> all right, now, um, but I guess because you're doing um, you're doing fitness there, right? In Guilin, yeah. So I guess you don't really need much of a, a language. They're they're following you, right? I mean. Yeah. And again, fitness in China is not the biggest activity. So many, many times I would have nobody in my classes. So I would go on and help the circus team. And I'm guessing the, the majority of, of GMs are, were from China, right? Did you get yes. any European guests at all? We did because there's a lot of expats in Shanghai and oh, okay. a lot of them are from France. So they know about Club Med. So when they come on vacation, they come to see us. And uh, when you met, uh, you met your first Canadian guest, did you cling to them? Like, oh my I, like God, I did. did I, okay. cling? I think we still talk on messenger to this day. Like okay. five years later, we still talk. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> same, same experience. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So are you now learning circus in this village? Um, well, I did learn a little bit of circus and Turks uh, because okay. they needed help with the shows and um, I was helping them out there. And then in Guilin, I learned a lot more working the platform at trapeze and whatnot, uh, because again, uh, there was never many GMs in my classes. So I would go and help out the circus team. And then they always needed help with the mini club, like a geo on the platform or um, helping out with the ladder and whatnot or giving the lessons on the ground. So I started getting into circus at that point. And um, did you, because <laughs> I had to learn the noodle. Now, did you ever mm -hmm. learn the noodle and did you almost fall off like I did <laughs> the first time? The noodle? Oh, did yes. you go get the bar? Well, yeah, yes. well, that's what they <laughs> called it there. They even warned me about the weight. Yes, yes, I'm yes. like, yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. And then I, so did did anything, or was no, no problem there for you? I guess? No, no problem there. But the cool thing in China is because there are so many kids and then we have time. So we literally make the kids roll on the trapeze like no tomorrow it's one after the other non-stop of course it's safe but it's one after the other non-stop so you got to get good with the noodle you don't have a choice it just comes right now it's just muscle memory for me too like i'm oh. talking about it and i'm doing the, the noodle. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. If I do the noodle move, I get arrested. Anyway. Um, so what was your, what was your best, um, I, what do you call it? No, you don't call it a stunt, right? Like uh, not knee hang catch. My best trend. trapeze trick. Yes. I mean, in one? Boylan or no, no, no. In general, in all, in all, like you, what's, what's the one you're known for? Uh, I guess my Hawk Salto. Hawk Salto. Okay, boy. Is Which this a new, is like, uh, is this a new uh, one? I never heard of this one. Um, I, I don't know how it was called before. I guess it's a okay. one and a half. Oh, okay. Okay. Hawk but no, it's not. Yeah. It's not the same. Cause you got one and a half to legs, but I like, you would basically go in a knee hanger or hawks off. Mm-hmm. And then once you let go of your hands, you actually do a backflip and then to catch. Okay. Wow. All right. This is uh, okay. and now you were there for what? Six months. In Guilin, yes, I did six months there. And then I see you go to another village in China called Dongao Island. Is that right? Yes, Dongao. And this is a completely, was it a, is it a large island or small island? It was a very, very tiny island. All you had on the island was the port and the Clement. That was pretty much it. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I'm guessing, um, did they have sailing and scuba diving or just sailing? They had sailing. I don't know if they have scuba diving in China, in the Clomeds anyways. Okay. Um, I don't think they do. Now, how did you get that opportunity to go immediately from like one to another? Again, I'm not sure. <laughs> it kind of just happened. I think this one, actually, we got offered to go to Yasmina in, um, in Morocco, but we did not. I don't remember why. Um, so we ended up in Dongao Island and then we got promoted. So I went as a water activity supervisor there and, uh, yeah, we were in Dongao. Who was your chief there? In Dongao, it was, oh, I have a blank memory. No problem. I can, we can, we can, oh, Julian. It was Julian, Julian TV. Okay. Now we know, I know what New Year's is like in Clement, but what's Chinese New Year like in China? That must be pretty Oh, huge. Chinese New Year is awesome. There are so many activities. They have the dragons, like the dragon dances, the Chinese dragons. It's awesome. Um, they have so many fireworks. They have a lot of food, a lot of food, and a lot of food. So okay. You eat a lot. <laughs> so let's, let's get to your food story, because I hear you have a chicken soup. Um, <laughs> Maybe, maybe is this the culture shock moment? Um, that, that was my second culture shock. Okay. Very embarrassing. Too. Where did, where, which, which resort did this happen in? In Dongao. Okay. Let's, <laughs> let's hear this, please. Oh, so, oh my God. It's very embarrassing. But, um, so I was not used to Chinese culture. Like I knew I was already six months in China. I knew how uh, the Chinese culture was a little bit, but not as extended as I thought I did. So anyways, that being said, you know, when, I guess Americans too, but us Canadians, when we feel a little bit under the weather, all we want is that Lipton chicken noodle soup. Yes. Literally, when you're cold, in American too, right? In the United States, you guys yeah. probably want that too. So it's chicken Lipton noodle soup. That's all you want. So I was very under the weather. I was not t- thinking straight. We walked into the restaurant for lunch and, you know, it's rush hour at lunchtime. So all the guests are there, all the geos are there, everybody from the kitchen is there, and the chef is there also. The chef was Mauritian, so we were very good friends too. And then I told him, I was like, oh, you know, I'm not very, feeling very good. Like, do you think you have some chicken soup? Which I didn't think of the words I was using, because to me, it's normal. The Lipton chicken noodle soup. But, I mean, we don't have that in other cultures. So... He was like, oh, yeah, it's just over there. Like, go for it. He gave me the bowl. So I went into, you know, you have those giant mermaids that, you know, the soup is inclement. So I went it with the spoon. I went all the way down to the bottom. And then what I pulled out was the 
actual feet of the chicken. And I think I screamed as loud as somebody was getting murdered because I got so scared. I was not expecting that at all, which is, it's normal in Chinese culture. You know, they eat, they eat chicken feet everywhere. They have them in different ways too. But to me, that was not what I was expecting coming out of that marmite. It was literally chicken soup, which is what I asked for, but it's not what I was expecting. <laughs> I literally dropped the bowl on the ground and went everywhere. Everybody started laughing because also at the time I was blonde. So blonde, people with blonde hair in China is not very regular that you see this. So Chinese people are always, they, they know you're a foreigner. So they kind of help you out, guide you where you need to go. So that, yeah, that was very much embarrassing. Okay. Well, <laughs> you mentioned, yeah, when I, at one point, when I was in, um, in Indonesia, I had long blonde hair. So now you, now you just mentioned you had long blonde hair. So did you ever have guests coming up to you asking very politely if they could touch your hair? Yes. They, some of them would ask very much politely. Many of them would not ask at all. Okay. And, um, <laughs> they would literally just stand in front of you and take selfies with you. Like you barely have yes. to strike yes. out a pose or a smile or anything, you know? So that happens a lot. But what I loved the most about when I was having blonde hair, because now my hair is back to natural brown, is that the kids thought that I was a doll. And I loved it because seeing the stars and the eyes of the kids coming at me for a hug because they thought I was some kind of Disney princess was absolutely amazing. Oh, my God. Then you had to tell them you're not a princess. You're in fact Dora the Explorer, right? And then, or no, you just let them think that. You're I a mean, princess. I would tell them I was Elsa, but Elsa, yes, I right. guess Dora would have fast also. <laughs> you're kidding, Dora rocks. <laughs> <laughs> wow! So this is pretty. This is pretty cool. I mean, that you you go from I mean two villages in a row in in China, two villages I'd never heard of before. Also, yeah. you know, I mean, uh, and then. At one point, you decided to come back to the American zone, to Cancun. Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah. We decided to go back to Cancun. Um, I missed the American zone a lot. Um, and I just wanted to come back. I missed the beach. I missed the Hobie waves a lot. I missed the getaways. And so we asked to go back to American zone. We had the choice, well, to American zone, to um, another village. We had the choice between Bali and Cancun. And uh, Cancun won. So there, that's where oh. we went. When you were in the uh, the Chinese villages one after another, did you ever get anything sent to you from home that you absolutely missed? Because I, I had my own thing where I took, you know, I got something mailed that I just said was a craving I had. Did this Did, did you ever right. do that? Did you ever ask any of your family to uh, <laughs> send you? We didn't. We actually didn't because no? there's a website in China called Taobao, which is the same as in the American zone. It's eBay or Amazon. Yes. And uh, you can literally find anything on there. Like Really? With, I was ordering a lot of protein, which I would get it from Taobao, but like from trusted sites of Taobao. Wait a but, minute, wait a minute. Protein yeah. powder? Yeah. Why? I don't know, because I consume a lot of protein powder. Okay, yeah. <laughs> what more do you get? Weren't you getting it from the food? No. <laughs> was that? Oh, well, yeah, but still, I get it from the food still now, but I still consume okay. a lot of protein powder. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alrighty, wasn't expecting that. Okay. Like I, like I, I got a box of May West sent to me and... <laughs> And every single one was in a million crumbs. But anyway, it was. Yeah, <laughs> it was worth it. That's I, fine. I, I stuck a straw in it and then I drank it. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> All right. So are you still with the boyfriend in Cancun? Is that why? No. Like, no. No? Okay. okay. 
you left them in China. Good for you. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you're back in a singles villages. You're single. You're, you're actually the chief of sailing, right? Right. Right. I was chief okay. of sailing in Cancun. Who's your chief of village there? It was Abdel. Uh, okay. Abdel, uh, who? Abdel Asmani. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Now, did you uh, like Cancun? Lots to do there, huh? Uh, I adored Cancun. God, it was very, it was a lot of fun. What, what, what I, year, I, sorry, Jen, what year are we now in, in Cancun? Uh, in Cancun, um, 2017. 2017? Okay. Yeah. All right. So, but now it's a, uh, when I was there, it was still single. So when you were there, it's now a family village, right? Oh yeah. It was full family. Okay. All right. right. Now, um, now you had a uh, Hobie cats there, right? And, uh, yes. Uh, we have okay. a couple of 16s also, but yeah. Okay. Now, uh, let me guess, how long were you in Cancun? Uh, only there for six months. Was your favorite nightclub Coco Bongo? True or, um, yes or no? No, Mandela. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I don't think we had that. Why, what made that one so special? It was just the sailing team nightclub. That's where oh, we went uh, the first night I arrived. And I think okay. that's where we went the last night I before I left. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. Okay. Wow. Pretty cool. Yeah. And now I see you go back to... Gillen, Gillen, Gillen. Go back to China. I think it was. Now, why did you do that? Well, that's where it gets very tricky. Okay. So, (laughs) I was sailing manager in Cancun, but again, I was because the port was closed a lot of times. Which now, with the new rules, we have to close sailing whenever the port was closed. So during. Wait uh, wait a minute. Sorry, the port where? The port in Cancun. Why? Why is that? Because of the water conditions. Okay. Like strong winds, water conditions. Now the port closes some days. And do you mean then, um, Do you mean the port in the village, like where the dock is? Is that what you? Is that what you? No, the marina. The marina. The marina of Cancun. But the marina of Cancun is is not near the village of Cancun, right? No, it's not. Okay. But because of the laws and regulations. Oh, okay. Cancun, yeah, we have okay. to close the activity of sailing a lot of days. So during those days, I would like I, with the boys, we would fix stuff at sailing but there's so many things you can do and uh, so they would send us and help out the other activities i would always end up in circus again and uh, i fell in love with circus Uh, i guess you you learned everything then right because i see that you were the circus manager when you went back to china right when i went to china oh yes so when we um when we left cancun it's because i wanted to i wanted to move over to circus but clement had too much of a need of me staying in sailing but I did not want to stay in sailing and I really wanted to move to circus. So I moved to New York city and I went to, I took a six month break of Clamed and I went to work for a circus in New York city where they literally taught me everything from A to Z about circus and trapeze. And then at that point, after the six months I did with them in New York, that's when I missed Clamed so much and I wanted to go back. So I called at that time, my first chief of village, which was now in HR offices in Miami, Mike Clark. I called Mike and I told him, hey, bud, like, I really want to go back to Clement. Like, I'll literally do whatever. So just let me know what uh, what's possible. And then I was supposed at that time, I think it was September 2017. Yes. So September 2017, I was supposed to go back to Turks as sailing chief. But then the hurricane happened. So it destroyed the entire village. Literally, like, I think it was a week before I went back there. So I got stranded at home for two months, I think. And then in the meantime, I decided to go back to China. So with Mike, we sorted out with the Shanghai office to 
bring me back to China because I liked it so much the first time. And then as I went back to China, they decided to promote, to promote, um, to promote me to circus chief. So of course I said, yes. And then boom, I went back to China for two years. Okay. Wait, two questions. Was the uh, circus in New York, were you at Big Apple Circus? No, it was iFly Trapeze. There was two old circus chief from Clomed that opened that company a few years back. And now they employ... um, What's what's it called? iFly Trapeze. iFly. Okay. Oh, okay. I think I've heard of this. Okay. iFly. Yeah, the Rosamilia brothers. They were both circus chiefs in in Clomed's before. Okay. Now you... You wanted to be a circus manager so much. You were willing to subject yourself to that horrible jet lag once again. This is what yeah. you're telling me. Oh my god! I mean, okay. but it was—it's so worth it. Like China is so nice. I love China. Oh no, I would love—I would love to go. But I'm still scarred by my Australia jet lag. I can still feel it. Okay. It was 22 years ago. Okay. Yeah. Wow, this is crazy because then I see you—you change jobs once again, right after. After Cancun, you go to Punta Cana. Oh, right. Two years later. Yeah. Two years later. What what do you mean? Why two years later? Oh, because once I went back to Guelan in 2017, I stayed there two years. You did? Yeah. Oh my God. So you willingly very, very fluent in the language. Then I didn't know you. (laughs) So overall, how many years did you spend in China? Four? Three. Three. Okay. Wow. Three total in China. Yeah. You spent two years in that. Was it always the same uh, chief of village? Your your second time in Gilead? Um, No, we ended up having Olivier Niang, which okay. is absolutely fantastic also. I don't think I've ever had, you know, some people say they sometimes have bad chief of villages. I don't think I've ever had one. All oh, my good. chief of village were literally amazing. That's great. Yeah. So after two years, you decide I want to be guest relations in Punta Cana. How does that happen? Well, because, you know, like I started like after two years of performing and creating shows and doing trapeze, I was starting to get a little bit older and I was thinking, you know, maybe it would be some times to get an actual career, a long, long, you know, long-term career in Club Med other than something that breaks my bones every day. So after speaking with HR in uh, Miami, we thought Punta Cana would be the best option because I would be able to do guest relations and the creative program that they had there with Cirque du Soleil at the time. So it all made sense at the time. So I was like, you know what, why not? Guest relations, it's, I mean, it's talking to people and solving problems. So it's something that I'm actually very good at. So I said, why not? Let's take the challenge and try. So that's where I ended up. Okay. (laughs) Well, I, I'm interested in this because I'm a I'm a perfectionist, but I love when things go wrong to see if I can uh, solve it. Right, like you have to right. solve it on the spot. So, could you have a story where I don't know something went wrong with a wedding, or because I know you do a lot of conferences and weddings and put together. Yeah. So, you have a story like that where something went wrong and you had to think fast, or or anything, anything of that nature. I mean, I don't think anything went ever that wrong. Like, oh, that's good. That's good too, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, I sometimes we would get guests that had reserved a certain type of room and it wasn't available. Like for example, maybe there would be a curtain instead of a door and that would cause a big problem, but then we would find ways to make them happy, which I never thought of a bad situation because there was always solutions. But again, that's what Clement is all about. Like your whole training with Clement is always, there's never any problems. There's only solutions. And I think I literally drank the Kool-Aid too much but it is true. Like I never see big problems. I literally only see solutions. So I don't think there was ever a bad situation. Oh, except COVID. But I mean, that was out of our hands. Were you there for that? Yes. 
So when COVID exploded, that's where we had to repatriate all the French people uh, to France. And uh, we like we weren't the one dealing with that. It was more the chief of village and the G5. So we were basically just helping out what they would tell us to do. But uh, that was a little bit chaotic. So this but, would have been uh, so you would have, you would have been in Punta Cana what March of 2019? Was that right? Is it or 2020? Is it 20, yeah. 2020. Okay, 2020. That's right. Yeah. Um, I was oh in wow. Punta Cana for that. Yeah. Okay. Prior to that, though, were you were you hearing the news and thought? Eh. I mean, yeah, we were hearing the news, and I remember my dad was telling me that they were supposed to go on a cruise ship uh, in March to do a trip with my stepmom, whatever. And um, I would ask him like, "Hey, are you guys still gonna go?" And my dad was like, oh, please, it's just a flu. And um, so I would, that's what I would tell people. Like, oh, you know, never mind. Like, my dad's in Canada. Like, he's fine. He's still going on his cruise ship. And then I think I will always remember the day. I think it was March 17th. Um, I was training in Creative. So I don't know if you guys know the Punta Cana layout, but you have the theater. And just right next to the theater, you have the Creative Circus area. So I was training there by myself. And I was stretching and doing my things but I could hear the press conference of the prime minister. And I will, I think forever, I will remember those words, but it was literally word for words, Canadians, it is time to come home. And I think my heart broke at that point. It was like, that's it. We're done. Like we have to go. So I remember packing up all my stuff, putting trappies away so fast that I don't even remember if I had brought in the mat or not and running to reception and looking at my chief village and being like, PJ, are we actually going home? And then PJ with his big smile and his hair saying, of course not. We're going to keep you guys in the village. I'm like, great. So went on with our things in normal days. But then, yeah, two days later, during those two days afterwards, we had to repatriate all the people of France. So all the French people, but we still didn't have anything from the authorities of Canada. So we didn't know it was going to happen to us. But yeah, all the French people, the French GOs were repatriated back to France. And then it was only two days later. I think it was at 1130 at night that uh, PJ called a, uh, got a call from the embassy saying that he has to repatriate all the GOs back home. That is possible because there were some GOs from different nationalities that were not able to go back home because either their countries were closed or there were no traveling flights available. Like people from Mauritius, for example, a lot of Mauritius got stuck in Punta Cana for a certain amount of time. Uh, people from Venezuela Senegal, there was a lot, yeah, a lot of geos got stuck in the village during COVID, but we all got sent back the next morning. Uh, it was an eight hour warning to pack your bags and you're going home and we don't know for how long. So that was a little bit weird, but again, that was not in our hands. It was in the hands of uh, PJ and the G5s and the actual authorities. And yeah. Wow. That's some story. Okay. <laughs> that was a long story. I'm like, no, no, uh, no, no, but it's, it's, it's good to hear, uh, you know, the different point of view and what happened in, in that resort, you know, like where you were and because we all remember where we were. Right. So you'll remember right. that forever. And you were actually in, in a resort in our time. We couldn't imagine how, what, what we would have mm. done or what, you know, how we would have reacted, but, uh, and, and, uh, I guess, and you went, you, and you probably went home for a while, I'm guessing. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I remember when leaving, like PJ gave me gave me this big hug saying like, I'll see you in three weeks. And I was like, yeah, but so I got into the van and then leaving. I just had this feeling in my heart, like literally shattering, like I'm leaving my actual family. Like it was so bad. But then I got home. I went to my dad's, obviously. And then we got quarantined for 14 days. And then um, we were there until six months later. We still didn't know what was going to happen if the club meds were going to open back again, what actually was COVID. It was still at that time that nobody had no idea what was going on. So yeah, I was at, I was home for a long time. Well, I'm, I'm still home actually. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, we'll get we'll get into that in a bit. Okay, I'm going to try some rapid fire questions with you, right? Go for it. You ready? Favorite crazy yeah. sign. God, Asian, uh, Asian zone or North sun. American zone doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, lovers in the sun. Oh, lo- lower than the sun. Lovers in the sun. Oh, lovers in there's a crazy sign to lover who sings that. Lovers in the sun. Who sings that? I don't know, but Julian Matraz does a great crazy lovers sign. In the sun. Okay. Favorite dumb question from a GM, kind of like, when's it going to stop raining? Did you ever encounter a really dumb question? Um, can, can you make it less hot? <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's okay. That's a good favorite uh, favorite show that you were a part of. The, the Oh, what's it called? Oh, no, I forgot. The, the, it's The Lion King that we did in China, but it wasn't called The Lion King. Uh, Circle of Life. There we go. Circle of Life. Oh, I guess because of, yeah, trademark or copyright infringement, they couldn't call it. The Lion I King, guess right? so, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Circle of Life. You were a dancer in that? Yes, I was Nala. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> All right. Do you, this is just a modern day question. Okay. Do yeah. you have uh, now, do you have a recurring dream, a recurring dream where you back at Club Med and you're working? Does this, do you dream? Does oh this God, happen to every you? day. You have every this dream. Day. Of okay. course. Of course. <laughs> okay. You worked for Club Med from 2014 up until, well, we're going to talk about Charlevoix in a minute, but I'm going to include Charlevoix. Right. So 2014 to what, 2021? 20? 2020. Yeah. 2020. Okay. All right. Now, so you said that you, you never really had a bad chief. You clicked with them all. So who were the ones that you, you clicked with? Well, of course, Mike Clark, because uh, mm-hmm. he's the reason why I became a geo in the first place. So definitely Mike Clark. Uh, Rafi, which is a French, uh, French chief of village. He's not a chief of village anymore. I think he's in Shanghai office now. Rafi Mehdi, of course. Mehdi was awesome also with his wife and the kids. Absolutely fantastic. Adele. Adele, just a legend. So, of course, uh, Olivier Niang, of all the chief of village I've had, if I had to pick one, I don't really want to, but if I had to pick one, it would be him. Olivier Niang and um, his wife and the kids again, just absolutely beautiful people. God, chief of village, Julien Letraz, crazy person, but so amazing. He is a genius as a chief of village. God, who else did I have? Uh, PJ Cassidier, what a sweetheart. So also, where's he, where's he from? Uh, France. Okay. Yeah. He's from France. I think he's in La Rosière because, uh, right now. Are there any, um, memorable geos that you worked with? Um, of course. Well, Emily, I think you interviewed her, um, not so long ago. Oh, you, oh, you worked with Emily Jensen? I worked with Emily as sailing in Turks and then I okay. replaced her in Charlevoix. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, that's true. Yes. So, yeah. so, so you were also, you also became a, a boutique geo for the first time in your life at Charlevoix, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so how did you get to um, open the village? Like, did you reach oh. out to them? They reach out to you? How'd that No, happen? that was so random. That was so funny. I was actually just coming back from Turks and Caicos because I went on vacation with GMs that I had met as a geo in Turks five years ago. And they were all organizing a trip. And then I got the opportunity to join them. So I went. I went for two weeks with them in Turks as a GM. And then I was just coming back. I think it was on December 3rd or 4th. And I was starting to plan out my winter here. And uh, Emily called me and she's like, hey, like, you're just coming back from Turks. Would you be interested in coming and work at the boutique uh, in Charlevoix? They need somebody, um, blah, blah, blah. Like, the manager is very cool. Francis is here. Francis Lacoste, the CDV. And I was like, I mean, yeah, I would have to talk to the manager because I have right now to this day, I still I have a normal job now that I call like a normal adult job. And 
my schedule of this job would have to work with this boutique schedule. But if we can make it work, absolutely. I'll go work for a month in Charleroi. No worries. So uh, Viviana, the manager in Charleroi, the boutique, uh, called me and then we made it work. She made me schedules around my actual work schedule. And I ended up in Charleroi in the boutique. <laughs> Wow. So what's it like not wearing a bathing suit or t-shirt and a short? It was okay. weird because I was so tan too when I got there. Yeah. Right? Because I was just coming back from Turks. That's right. And people, like a lot of geos were there that I had worked with before that I've known and that they would see my story in Turks. And then they were like on Instagram that I mean, and then they were like, what, like, what are you doing here? You were just in Turks. I was like, I know, like it kind of happened. So yeah, that was very weird. You're being in Club Man and not seeing the beach. Okay. That, was, uh, that was different. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So you mentioned, yeah, the social media. So yeah, obviously we didn't have that in my time and there's a lot of people that are right. happy, they're happy we didn't, but you know, it'd still be pretty cool to, <laughs> to, you know, have a phone and call someone for free and not pay yes. long distance. I mean, that, that part would be appealing, I guess. It's uh, amazing. Like, to be honest, I think it's the best way to keep in touch with all the people that we've met in comment. Like, it's funny we say that because just a couple of days ago, I got a phone call from one of my friend Coco from Mauritius Island that I worked with for two years in China and circus. And uh, I think we talked for like an hour, just catching up and whatnot, like video calling. So that was very, very good. And I still talk to a lot of GMs that I've met in Turks and other villages around the world, um, like very regularly on social media. So it's very, very nice. Did you meet any celebrities at all in any of your time in Clipman? Or athletes, singers, dancers? God, I probably did. But to be honest, I don't remember on top of my head. Okay. No, yeah. I mean, you would, you would remember if you did. So um, yeah, that's I, I was just curious. Guy. I mean, yeah, of course, no, I when you're know. in China, you know, you have your yeah. famous, but we wouldn't know who. You know. Exactly. That, I know that happened okay. in China. A lot of VIPs would come and a lot of celebrities, but I don't know them. So I wouldn't be able to tell you which ones they were. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, this next question might be tough because you've been, you've worked at so many, you know, beautiful and interesting resorts. So is there one that you would choose overall like or use the word magical with or of course really which one of course turks turks okay turks and caicos it's just magic like yeah there's there's a vibe there i don't know what it is but we were talking about it too like after being like cancun is fantastic also like don't get me wrong but there is something about turks it's a vibe it's the island that i don't know what it is but there is something special in turks yeah, no, that's that's my that's my magical one too. I was just yeah. uh, curious of your your experience. Uh, if, if you oh yeah, that. definitely Turks, where it all began too. You know, so. Mm. Uh, am, am I missing? Uh, you have any more funny stories? I don't want to let you go because you've been so kind with your time. Like, if I forgot to ask you, um, something, is there uh, something mean, else you wanted to share? Like, please. well, the reason I went to Turks is because uh, my dad got got uh, married in Turks. He didn't get married in Clement. He got wait, married. Uh, wait, when you when you went to Turks, when you went to Turks, at what 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 time? What point? Like in 2014, like the first time I went to Clement, like what the one I had to choose. Okay. I chose Turks because that's where my dad got married. Um, I got married on the beach. Yeah, at the beaches resort, but oh, okay. in Turks and Caicos. So I wanted to go to Clomed, Turks and Caicos. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Right. All right. But um, but the ceremony was conducted on the uh, on the beach, like on the on sand. On the beach. Yes, oh, wow. on the beach. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's not, those beach weddings are nice, eh? Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm. But nothing funny happened at that wedding, right? Okay. No. <laughs> okay, no, good, not good. that one. <laughs> <laughs> right, mm. So, 
Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, please. Yeah. I don't want to let you go. If I forgot to, did I forget to ask you anything or I know we covered a lot. Um, I don't think so. Oh, and Shalva, I ended up doing uh well, I did boutique for a month mm -hmm. and then um, they needed help with circus numbers. Mm -hmm. So since I was already working from my laptop, like my, my job makes let me work from my laptop from anywhere, basically. So I was able to um, join the Shalva team for the whole season until April as a climate artist. Oh really? Oh wow! Yep. That's so cool. I did. Uh, yeah, that was pretty awesome, actually. That was very, very good. Like I would work my normal job during the day, and then I would train with the circus team, and then perform the shows at night. So it was like the best of both worlds. How mm -hmm. how how far? Like, because you you're from Quebec City, right? So how far was yes. is the Charlevoix from your? your uh, it's about an hour on the resort. But yeah, so it was an hour and a half. So I would come down, let's say every Sunday and do my like, because I live in an apartment here. So I would do all my home things uh, on that Sunday and then I would go back. Oh, cool. Mm. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Wow. Man, mm. you've, you've had some life there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, really do want to thank you uh, sincerely for taking the time to talk to me. And, I mean, you uh, want to walk share your story. Awesome. <laughs> You, uh, so if any, uh, one last question, if any uh, future GO is listening to this and they're, you know, on the fence about applying, should they apply and give it, give it a try? Oh God. Yes. And not even just young people, anybody. That's so funny because I see a lot of nurses um, out here, like that I talk to on social medias or here in Quebec city, whatever, that they're like, Oh, you know, I thought about it. Go, <laughs> especially nurses, because when you go to Clement as a nurse, not only are you a nurse, but you're also a GO. So it's like best of both world again. So it's like a paid vacation while getting paid. So it's fantastic. Just go people, go do it. Experience this at least six months of your life. At least you got to do it. Well, there you have it. I could <laughs> not have said that better. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Let's all go. Let's go right now. <laughs> Don't tempt me. Okay. <laughs> I'll do it. I mean, it's not a lie. We all want to go back, you know, like all of XGOs, we all want to go back to and work full time as GOs. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I'm getting tired of tired of people concordia asking me, why'd you ever leave? I don't know. I don't know. Stop asking me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Literally, an idiot. But I'm it's an true. idiot. There you go. It's true. <laughs> but don't ever leave people. <laughs> yeah. Stay as long as you can. <laughs> <laughs> Drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, everyone, that was uh, Jennifer Keys from Quebec City. And once again, big, big thank you, Jen. Thank you very oh, much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. That was so much fun. Uh, and don't hang up right away, okay? We're just going to say our bye-byes now, okay? So okay. we'll see you all next week. Bye, everyone. Say bye, bye. Jen. Bye.